Welcome to Adventures in Business. This is a show where we have thought-provoking conversations with founders, CEOs, and business leaders of various industries to learn about their stumps, falls, trials, tribulations, and successes on how they manage the current business environment. Join our hosts, Mandy Graziano and Amani Roberts, as we chat with our next guest. Welcome in. <laughs> We're live, Mandy. What's going on? How are we doing today? It's what is it, July 24th? The summer keeps ticking by. You look like you're in a new location today. Talk to us, Mandy. Amani, I'm on location. I'm on the road. We've never. <laughs> We've never see you've got your boring old background that everybody's seen. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, who's that chair? Who's that man? I, I have like, yeah. I have people with me today. I've got my niece Lila. Do you want to say something, Lila? Hi. I've got Lila. Lila is a um a third place winner in a national poetry competition. So we've got Lila okay. Meldrum with me. I'm in Ohio, and yes. um. I've been here a week and I'll be here another week. And uh, you know, the show must go on, literally. So here we are. <laughs> the show what must go on. Nice to meet you, Lila. <laughs> Thank you. Good to see you. Nice to meet you. Um, go ahead. What else? What else, Manny? What else? Well, I just, you have been on the road. You were in, I feel like, all the Carolinas. You went to the National Speakers Association. Can you just, like, what's a yes. nugget you pulled from that conference Ooh. in Orlando? I'm dying to hear. Oh, man, there's so many nuggets. We'll have to cover them over a few of our episodes. The first one that comes to mind is uh, storytelling, just how to open up a story, telling a story to, to weave it through your talk. That was They had a tremendous session where four legends in the speaking industry kind of showed us how they open, how they close, how they tie together. The use of humor is really important. Um, there's so much. There's so much that I learned. So that was that was a really good and fun part there. Yes. I love that. I can't wait to hear and learn more. You were taking some pictures. I have to tell you, I had a bunch of FOMO. Because you were taking <laughs> pictures with some of my favorite people. You had Tom oh. Griggs, who was our, our on our show a couple of weeks ago. Aaron King, who's my girl yeah. and mm -hmm. an awesome speaker. And she'll be on the show um, later this year. So when I was seeing those pictures, I shed a little tear of happiness <laughs> and jealousy. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm really glad you got to go because I know that was really yes. important to you. It was good. It was great learning. I'll share all the nuggets, you know, with all the people. Um, then I visited family and friends in Jacksonville and then North Carolina and then came back late, late at night on Saturday. So I've been back a couple of days. Welcome home and <laughs> welcome yes. one year ago, Monty. <laughs> this one, was true one year ago. <laughs> one year ago, we did this show for the very first time, and I cannot, it has gone by so, so fast. Well, what do you think, like, what has surprised you about doing this show a year later? What's caught you off guard or surprised you? Huh. You know, the, the thing that I think that has caught me off guard the most is um, all the people that say, oh my God, I listened to your show or, oh my gosh, I love your show or, you know, you're ridiculous and Amani's so cool or we're just, <laughs> just strangers saying that they, they get a lot out of it. You know, that you and I started this show because we wanted to talk to more founders and we wanted to learn more from founders. We wanted them to share their stories. And 
I think we're doing it, you know, but I just, I didn't know. I knew it might be you and I and a guest. I never predicted it would be strangers that are interested in the, some of the stories too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. true. Dean, Dean LeBay, good to see you. Welcome in. Hey, Dean. Um, what should we watch first? We have a couple of special clips to celebrate the one year anniversary. Which clip should we watch first? Okay. I think, so remember when we first, so we did all of our tests live on LinkedIn. And I think that's a message for people. I think when people do social media, they think it has to be perfect and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect. And you learn what content your audience wants by making a ton of mistakes. So I think you should show that first like snippet of you and I, the first time we had on the screen together, figuring it out. I don't know if that's, okay. yeah. that's I don't know if yeah. that's queued up, if you got that. That's queued up. Let's go to it. Um, we'll play that here. So that's live. So, Amani, I'm curious. So I mean, I know why I wanted to do so a LinkedIn we'll, we'll live or a live stream show here. about adventures in business and stories in business. Uh, and I'll tell you mine in a second. But I'm just curious about <laughs> okay, you. Cool. Like, why would you? Why in the world would you want to do this? <laughs> I think for me, it's just the ability to learn from people, um, learn through their experience and their wisdom, to meet new people. Um, networking to have fun on a show with you because we have great chemistry. I think those are my top three reasons. And I like love live streaming and love doing shows. So it's just all together a win-win for me. I love that. Okay. <laughs> then we do, do we hit stop or do we edit? We can edit. We can edit. Keep okay, going. Yeah. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you. Okay. So that was, that was, that was, we were tested it out on LinkedIn. We had the stream yard going and all that. We hadn't even got to OBS yet either. So <laughs> we didn't get to OBS and that background is horrendous. Like there's no, there's, there's no design. It's fuzzy. I think that was before I got all my fancy equipment that you told me. Yes. Everybody, Amani told me that if I didn't get specific equipment, he wouldn't do the show with me. <laughs> that's, that's I don't know if I feel like that, but yes. You were, you were very kind and made a subtle suggestion. I was picking up what you were putting down. Yes. Okay, now yes. before we go to the next clip, um, I have a question for you. Like, What's been the biggest surprise for you in this mm -hmm. past year that you've picked up? For me, it is kind of how we're able to live stream on LinkedIn. Before the show, I had never streamed on LinkedIn before, and it's a very, very big and important platform to us. So for us to be able to successfully, very quickly, get up and running on LinkedIn, um, that surprised me. And then when we went through a period of time where we would set up the event on LinkedIn, and then we weren't setting up the event, but now we're back to set up the event, just the importance of doing the event so we can get people to kind of know about it and join um that's that was a big learning too there that's that's something that i learned also so those will be the two and then the i would just echo what you said about how people who don't even comment are like oh i watch your show i see the show and it's like oh they really are kind of lurking and they might tune in later like i always said you know the beauty is in the replay so those will be the top three learnings yeah well chief lurker is in the kitchen behind us my <laughs> sister who um okay. <laughs> who i was just telling her earlier i'm like we have people that have seen the show that they never show up in the chat or they never RSVP to the invitation. She's like, yeah, that's me. Like I tune on it all the time. Like chief lurker, Vicki Meldrum, which uh, that's just great. If we, you don't need to RSVP. We love all the lurkers out there. Thank you. So we celebrate mm -hmm. you. Yes. Um, but the, I think another funny thing is, and I don't know if you have this clip is, you know, we tried testing the technology, but then we had to do an interview with the test and we wanted to interview somebody that, would be okay if we screwed up. So right. we had a test guest, but we did it live on LinkedIn. Like we knew it was going to be a little rough. So we did 
a LinkedIn Live with a test guest before we ever shot our first guest. So do you have that handy with our test guest? Yes, that's cue clip okay. number two. What we're gonna okay. be doing is, I'm gonna turn the camera on you, then you're gonna turn the camera on us. So question for you, Brian, in 20 seconds or less, what is your favorite business adventure story in relationship building? It doesn't have to be your favorite, just one that comes to mind. Just 20 seconds or less, okay. something that comes to mind about a business Less than 20 seconds, what I can do. What jumps, what jumps out of me is that when we were growing our mobile app company, we were kind of that early hockey stick, maybe symbol of growth. We had this big two meeting, a big day of meetings, two meetings in the day. And they were with the, by far the largest restaurant groups we'd ever hoped to work with. And I play in a basketball league and I got elbowed in the eye the night before. And I showed up to those meetings with this huge black eye and the founders introduced me as their bruiser. And <laughs> That's great. We had a great two days. Meeting. We got both of these accounts, and it was like this amazing day in the growth of our company. And we celebrated by getting ice cream, which is not the way I would typically celebrate. <laughs> but very wholesome celebration, and it was kind of great. All right, that would be the clip of our first guest Woo. there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, see, like, Woo. <laughs> Woo. well, okay. So everybody, a funny story about this, and Amani, Amani's so patient. We should give a round of applause for Amani. Yes, I'll take the applause. What a good sport! What a good sport! We got Kathy. <laughs> so what Amani didn't know when we did that was that the test guest was actually my brother-in-law, Brian Meldrum, who's an awesome guy and he's super talented and an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, worked at Visa, very worthy of being on the show. But I forgot to tell Imani that we were, I didn't tell him intentionally before because I didn't want him to have a biased interview. But then after, I just forgot to tell him. And then a couple months later, we were at a baseball game together in Detroit and Imani's like, why are you traveling with the test guys? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh it's, a, it's yes. my brother-in-law. So, yes. um, yeah, so that was funny. And I think I think we have another surprise. We have another one-year anniversary surprise. There we he is. Yes, there's a test guest there. What's up? <laughs> That's hilarious. Look I'm at us. I'm at the test guest house right now. Do you have any questions, <laughs> like a year in review from the test guest? Well, Brian just, Meldrum, everybody. Brian I'm sure Meldrum. you've watched it. I'm sure you've watched it, Brian. So what are your thoughts on how we've progressed after this one year? Yeah, I say you've come a long way. Congrats on a congrats on one year. I'm actually just right now, I'm thinking about how glad I am I'm not wearing the same thing right now as I was <laughs> a year ago. So, yes. Nice, nice job. Congratulations on one year. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. That would be my question. What question do you have, Mandy? Well, I mean, just think, I don't have a question, just a note of gratitude. It was, yeah. you know, it, it's always rough to be on somebody's first show. So thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you for being the guinea pig. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And thanks well, for letting me take you. over your dining room for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Let's guess. Done and done. Done and now, done. Who are our other two guests? Our first time we're having two guests on at the same time. Lots, lots of firsts, yeah. Yes, that are going to be sharing the virtual stage with us today. Talk to us. Okay, we've never interviewed two people at the same time. We've never interviewed a couple that runs and operates a business together. And these two founders are 
co-founders, but they also happen to be married, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. And they're responsible for the Bring Back the Brown campaign the San Diego Padres had recently. They've been featured in Sports Illustrated magazine, and they run a really cool lifestyle brand called West Side Love, and they're passionate, like insanely passionate about the business of, des of design. So we have Tori and Jordan Stark on the show yes. today. Hello. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. We're excited to have you. Yes, that's the pause there. I think, uh, what should we ask first? So many questions. Maybe I'll let you start off this time. You can ask the first one. Talk to us and I'll fill in because I have my list here also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I have so many questions about the business. But before we go into the business, I have questions just about you as a couple and as humans, because we have so many people that engage with the show that are in business partnership together. And then we also have a lot of family owned run businesses. So I just want to know, how did you guys meet? Like, what's your personal story of origin? And the second question is then, how did you decide to be in the business together? So we'll just start there. We'll carry, okay. carry on. Want to yeah. take it? Sure. <laughs> Wise uh, man. Wise man. <laughs> it's okay. a good story. It's a good story. Yeah, yeah we okay. met in right after high school. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania and Jordan's from San Diego. Um, and we both ended up on this after high school trip to like world whirlwind trip to Europe where you kind of over a month just go to all these different countries. Um, and we ended up being on the same tour and it took like, I don't know, two weeks to kind of before we yeah. actually talked to yeah. each other. <laughs> Did you see each other? Were you lurking at each other from afar or you just I was lurking for sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if she was. I mean, he was, yeah, he was mysterious. He always had his uh, video recorder like connected to his hand, like at all times. Yeah, I was the only one with the video camera on yeah. that trip. Like yeah. no one had a video camera. It was crazy. What a yeah. bunch of lamos. Good thing yeah. you had it. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of, I'm into tech too. So I don't know. I just always had a, a camera with me, like a video camera, photo camera, whatever. So yeah, this was 2000. I don't know if that, I was said two, that. That, yeah. that was 2000. Yeah, we and, were both and then, graduating. Yeah, we we became pen pals. Um, yeah, so some sparks flew on the trip, um, <laughs> but you know, her aunt was my English teacher's uh, friend, and my English teacher is the one that put the, the trip together. And she asked her aunt to chaperone, and so her aunt then asked her and her brother if they wanted to go on this trip, and they're in Pennsylvania. So we technically met in London. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then she was going to art school already. She got a scholarship to go to RISD and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but then it ended up that I was, would go to design school three years later. And so, yeah, you came out and visited me in Providence. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, then you ended up going to design school. Yeah. An art center in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then, um, she visited me there once. Because I had moved at that time, I had moved out to San Francisco. So I was living oh, in Oh, you West Coast, West Coast. Yeah, Florida. yeah. So yeah. I came down to LA, saw you. So, like, throughout the years, we would like see each other every few years ish. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. just a friendly basis. We were yeah. always in different cities. Yeah. And um, we just kept in touch. And then uh, I went out. Uh, so the story goes with my friends. Uh, we were talking about 
um, our great white buffalo. And for those who don't know what that is, it's from a cheesy movie called Hot Tub Time Machine. And uh, it's the one who got away. So my friends were talking about the great white buffaloes and they asked me and I said it was Tori. And my friend was like, uh, well, is she married? And I was like, no, no, she's not married. Uh, does she have a boyfriend? And I was like, I don't think so. And this was in like 2015, oh. end of 2015. And they were, he was like, are you going to go visit her? And I said, I don't know. And he's like, what are you doing with your life? And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah. And at that time she was in Denver. So I think it was two months later, I reached yeah. out and I was like, I've never been to Denver, you know, whatever. And she was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So wow. kind of went out there and, and uh, we hung out and I was like, and Hey, you told me the story. Yeah. At some point. I was like, we're never going to like be in the same city unless we just kind of try. So uh, we had a little long distance thing for about eight months or so. Ish, yeah. yeah, and then she moved out to San Diego. Aww. So, so I have some follow-up questions. That's, yeah, there's somebody follow-up. So it took you 15 years. Money <laughs> <laughs> has problems with your timeline. Oh, yeah. I love timeline. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes. Very That's delicious. Have you sold the script yet? That's my first question. <laughs> no, 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 I have not. That'd be that'd be amazing though. You should, yeah. So then, okay. So after 15 years, and then got to the same city. How, like, how? What made you uh, decide to? And I think this will be for Tori. Like, what made you decide to say, okay, I'm going to move to San Diego? Hmm. Well. I just knew that if we were going to make it work, um, I needed to be close to him. So he, Jordan has a really good community in San Diego and I was kind of still a transplant in Denver and it just made sense to move closer to him. And we just went for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. been, I'd, I'd had the business here and although I could do remote cause at the time I was doing just brand design, West I love was kind of on pause. Um, so I was just doing client work. Uh, I, I think it came down to the support and just the business and family and friends here in San Diego, whereas in Denver, she kind of moved from San Francisco to Denver, but didn't really have a big base of family and support there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I had to convince her. She didn't really, she wasn't sold I mean, on San Diego right away. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta play hard to get, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. It's good to go. I had to yeah. sell it. I had to sell it. Did, what, how did you sell it to really, what was the, how did you close the deal? See, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I've been watching Suits. Suits is on Netflix and I'm binge watching Suits. Is YouTube I'm binge watching it too. I just started this week. I watched it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, you got to watch it because, you know, Harvey, he's known as like the best closer. So then how were you, Jordan, able to close it? <laughs> um, so, I mean, she had been to San Diego when she was a kid visiting yeah. her aunt. And I said, oh, the city's really changed a lot. And she really liked the um, the density and the kind of uh, Europe kind of uh, er, like like a European kind of city, like I, a, a, I of San Francisco. San Francisco. I was, I had up, my heart was in San Francisco. Like, I'd been mm, there for 10 kind years. Of a really that. proper yeah. metropolitan area. Yeah. Um, and uh, I said, well, San Diego's building up and, um, and there's a nice balance of kind of work and play here, you know? Um, yeah. But she, she likes, you know, 
milder weather where it gets hot down here, but it's like it's, it's still mild. pretty good weather. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. It's pretty mild. Yeah. So it's pretty good. great. So that's how you closed it. Okay. Now, where did the name and how did you come up with the name West Side Love? And before we do that, we should point out you are wearing West Side Love gear oh, too. Yeah. In case, in yes. case anybody likes it, he's, he's wearing West Side Love gear. Yes. So this this is the West Side Love mark right here. Um, and then this is a, another mark 24-7. So, so my background's in brand design. Um, so the West Side Love kind of named itself. Um, in, I think, 2004, uh, I was in an identity systems class, which is, you know, basically logo design and building a full-out brand identity. And in the beginning of each class, our instructor would give us exercises uh, on just developing symbols and, and marks or logos. And he gave us two words or three, or he would give us a couple words. And this, this week he gave us three uh, things. He said, do make a mark that represents West, East, and the third thing of your choice. So I did, uh, a, I did a, a dub and I turned it sideways for East. And the third thing was music or hip hop. And um, I liked, it was just like a real modernist, clean line uh, symbol. And I really thought it was cool. And it wasn't until later that I was just messing around with the mark after after the class was over and everything. And I saw where the finger, the two fingers crossed, it was a heart. And it was like a, a moment like, oh, crap, that this is cool. I'm probably going to be seeing this for a long time. Um, and immediately I just thought of uh, one of my design heroes who did the I Love New York. Uh, his name is Milton Glacier. And I'm like, this is like the West Coast version of that. Mm. Um, so that was in 2005 something like that mm -hmm. so uh i mean that it's it, that's that's what it is it's it's west side love really you know it kind of it was like i can't think of any other name for it okay now, i want to i want to hang uh, at the Wayback machine in 2005 for a second here if we can <laughs> the great white elephant the great white yeah i want to talk about 2005 at the la still loves you art show in oh, downtown yeah. la and you produced 50 pink on pink silkscreen posters and one of your most which is supposedly one of your most special pieces of art so what's the story behind that moment and how did that show catapult you can you just talk about that because i i noticed that from your website by the way if you guys have not checked out the westsidelove.us, you you lay out your timeline through design yeah. so perfectly and so succinctly. It is so it's just an interesting story. But I want to hear about the LA Still Loves You art show in the fifty the the pink silk screen, um, the pieces of art that catapulted you. Yeah, I mean, so when I found that that mar the the heart in there, I was like, this is awesome. And some friends were were putting together a group show. Um, at the time, I think it was, it was just called the brewery. It, it was like this gigantic old brewery. I think it was a Pabst Blue Ribbon brewery in the, in the arts district of downtown LA. And, uh, we were doing at, uh, this group show and, you know, we're all making different types of art and prints and things like that. And I was like, so stoked about this piece, this, this logo. And, um, and for me, you know, the West side symbol and hip hop in the East coast, there was, there was that rivalry in the nineties with Tupac and Biggie. Yeah. And it was very masculine, very masculine and macho. And, uh, here there's this little heart in between the fingers. And I was like doing pink on pink posters. 
for mm. this. You know, like it just, it's, it's, it's love. It's, it's about love. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's what I did and, uh, just did a small edition hand pulled screen prints in our print shop at the school. I got in there after hours doing them with a, a buddy. And that was like the first piece that ever I ever did with West I love. Ah, so cool. Okay. So cool. So then Tori, I'll ask you this question. You can help us understand like, how do you, first of all, many times people are advised to not work with their significant other. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask you, what made you decide to make that leap? And then how do you all divide up all the work so that it's equal and kind of still a smooth running machine? question uh <laughs> so so jordan yeah he he is the original founder of the symbol and everything and i um came along in 2000 i was uh 2020 or sorry 2020 yep. thank you in 2020 um i got laid off from my job pandemic layoff and um we're married at that time a few years yeah and we talked about working yeah and, and like leading up to that we had talked about working together but i think before that i wasn't quite ready and so this happened like the layoff happened and i um west side love was picking up at that time jordan had like relaunched the brand and we were um getting a lot of orders so it seemed like there was more demand for it and it just seemed like a natural thing that i would start helping him out and initially i was kind of i was a little bit burnt out <laughs> from yeah. everything so i was just yeah. i was just helping him with like um customer service and boxing up orders and very like that kind yeah. of stuff keeping our warehouse organized and um his mom actually came in and helped us out a little bit yeah. and then as things like moved on it was like all right i i do want to like we do work well together and this feels very like very personal and very like like it's something we're building together and it just felt really good i don't know i don't know how else to say it like I've worked for um, a lot of other brands and, you know, they weren't mine and uh, just having this as ours and like something we're building, just, it was very exciting. And it's definitely got its challenges working with your, your husband, <laughs> but like, if anything, I think it brought us a lot closer, a lot closer. Like we've learned how to communicate in a way that we hadn't before. And um, we've got some strategies in place at this point. <laughs> of how to like best work together so yeah. yeah i want to know what each other's superpowers are so just just from a work perspective so like jordan from working with tori what's her you know west side love superpower <laughs> and tori what is jordan's west side love superpower that you might you might you've been together for so long but you didn't realize until you started working together uh so tori is incredibly organized spatially especially and um, we've had people come to our, our, our warehouse and shop here. And as soon as they step in the back, they're like, this is the most organized warehouse I've ever seen. Like, for, especially in the streetwear kind of like ecosystem, uh, they're like, this, this is kind of crazy. And I'm like, it's all, all Tori, um, all Tori. And, uh, and then her technical design ability because she comes from like a bag design she worked at north face and osprey bags so her technical uh ability to design a bag and get it produced and receive samples and make changes is like it 
it blows my mind. She, she can make really amazing, <laughs> like technical items. Um, so I would say those are, the, oh, those are two superpowers for sure. Oh, thanks. Aw, we asked for one. We got two. What's this? What's this? Or your turn. Okay. Well, well, Jordan has so many more than two, but uh, <laughs> I think, I think the biggest thing is his perseverance. Like he um, has always been an entrepreneur from right out of college and has this patience and perseverance to like learn things that I just am like, I get frustrated. So he has taught himself all the, the back end of business and like um, has kept things running in a way that I'm just so in awe of because it's something that I don't have, I, I wouldn't be able to do it alone. So I am really impressed by that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah I think at where we're at now, it's like, you can't do it alone. You yeah. know, where we're at now. So yeah. 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 And you're really good at seeing the bigger picture of like the business plan where I, um, I, I like to look at all the details and I get detail. kind of caught up in details. Yeah. And he's really good at seeing the big picture. <laughs> Yeah, That's I, I think yes or no. Yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah great balance. Mm -hmm. um, so, Jordan, you mentioned earlier how you got some inspiration and guidance from like Milton Glaser. Yeah, and and so can you talk to us about? Tell us who he is, because I know who he is. And um, are you familiar with Debbie Millman, who's pretty big in the design space? Sounds familiar. I I, I don't okay. know the name right off top. She was the first person I heard about Milton Glaser, and I think she worked with him in the past. So, how has he been an inspiration to you? Oh, I mean, there's so many, the, the inspirations of designers and artists, architects, product designers is so long, but, uh, Milton Glaser, he's just, he's an eloquent, wise human being, or he was, he passed away not too long ago, but, um, not only was he prolific, um, with a range of different styles of work, but the way he spoke about design and business and, you know, even just life in some instances, or, you know, uh, it, it was just very eloquent. And um, uh, just, yeah, I just, as a person, I think Milton Glaser was an amazing person, an amazing mm -hmm. human, but uh, his range of work is has been very inspiring from, you know, I Love New York to like Bob Dylan album covers, mm -hmm. or, yeah, uh, you know, agency work. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, the well's deep there with Milton Glaser. A lot of great advice too that he's written down that you can just find online. Yeah, he's a legend. Now, in the you know kind of apparel space, which you do, it's very competitive, and oh. companies come and go a year, a year and a half later. How have you been able to stay around so long, and what do you do to continue to innovate so that you can still remain relevant? Yeah, 17 years, by the way, right? Is that right? A long time. That's like dog years in the apparel <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's see. The business technically started, the business itself was technically started in 2009, but I graduated in 2006, and West Silo has been around since 2005. So um, we didn't start producing apparel till 2010, uh, kind of just sampling it in, in my first business partner's garage, Tony. Shout out to Tony, but, um, Tony. yeah, yeah. Um, it was just patience. It's the, it's the long game I think is really, really, like you said, a lot, a lot of brands come and go. And so it's not just about, 
even the quality or the talent of someone, uh, which I found quick, it's, it's, uh, how to run a business and how to, how to connect with people, how to talk with people, how to develop yeah. a network of support, um, advice, because it's not just the output. Um, it's getting it out there. It's, um, making it sustainable. So, you know, it's, uh, there was a, a speaker at our at our commencement uh, when I graduated, and he said, uh, "My biggest piece of advice to everyone is don't be an asshole." Yeah, and, and, I like that person. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Eric Spiegerman, and uh, he just said, "You know, if you're an asshole, good luck because no one's going to want to deal with you." So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that's a huge one, and just. Um, you know, which I'm, I, I, I've heard on your guys' podcast is just don't give up, you know, uh, there's, there's usually a way around and, you know, Phil Knight has a great book called shoe dog. And he, you know, he says that even when things look bad, you're probably, you're, you're only seeing, you're not seeing clearly there's, there's other things that are positive that you have to yeah. kind of tap into, even if that just provides you energy for that day to get through that moment or that difficult time uh you have to try to dig to find the uh the positive and keep going figure it out learn and it's always there right you just have to look for it but even in the hardest stuff it's always there so it's uh i'm glad that you take that lesson i i want to talk about because something i find fascinating about your business is i want to talk about exclusivity and inventory because mm. You specialize in these small batch runs right. um, as evidence as my husband, Scoot, wanted this awesome hat that you've had on your website for a while. And he finally got like he got it this weekend <laughs> and he finally got it. And he's he loves it like he loves it. He couldn't get it. He loves that He has it. He wears it everywhere. So can you just talk about a little bit about your strategy and the business model of a small batch run apparel company? And how that works, you know, managing inventory, the fine line between not, think, you know, not alienating your customers by like, oh, they don't have anything, but like still creating that exclusivity of wanting more. You want sure. Yeah, we, um, well, we had some issues with supply back in 2021 21 and 22. Yeah. So yeah. during that time. Yeah. yeah, during that time, we were very limited by what we could produce. And we ended up making, like, sticking to core styles and doing a lot of them. Um, but once supply, like, opened up again and we were able to order whatever we wanted, we discovered that having these smaller, like, capsule collections created more interest, created more um, ability to do marketing material, and so just regular new releases. yeah yeah so we've come know. up with like a, a rhythm now where every two weeks we have we're, we're we do a lot of sales with hats and so we have like a release of hats maybe some teas um and by doing that we found that like it keeps customers in, engaged and yeah more buzz around it yeah i think this the the time of seasons unless you're a really big brand with a lot of wholesale distributors um, seasons are difficult because you draw, you have, you know, 10, 20, 30 plus products or whatever, and you release it all at one time. People just kind of flick through, they buy some stuff maybe. And then it's like out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
it's one of those things that if you are regularly releasing new stuff, it kind of is like, what's going to be next? You know, what's, what's coming up. And for us, the, the amount of supply, like I always wanted to have a brand that sold out of stuff, like mm. not having, I'm like, you know, have all these other brands sell out of stuff and we have all this stuff and like, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of trickles out. Um, and then, and then in 2021, I was like, so if it's too extreme on selling out, it's yeah. a bad thing because mm -hmm. it's like, people are like, you're always sold out. I yeah. can't get anything. And we're having huge supply issues. So, uh, for us, um, oh, and sorry if there's like sound, we're in this industrial commercial like area and we have machinists around us. So you're fine. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. It's live streaming, man. It's real. It's as real as it gets. <laughs> yeah. A customer might come in UPS, who knows, but um, <laughs> uh, we'll handle it as it comes. So um, uh, with regards to, to small batch, it's more of a, it's, as much, it, we're not ne necessarily trying to create um, like like uh, almost a fictitious uh, like supply constraint where no. you know it's so limited that people are you know they can't get it and it increases demand. That's not what we're trying to do. We're more trying to not have too much inventory where we have good cash flow and and we're able to make investments where we need to. And we have, especially after the last couple of years, we have some money to float us if things aren't good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, that's mostly kind and, of what we're trying And also to do. we're trying to, we don't throw, have a lot of sales. Right. So, we don't want to do a lot of sales. Yeah. We don't want to be mm. a brand that's like, you're always waiting for that. You're always waiting for the sale. Oh, that brand's always has a sale, you know, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. for the next sale next month or they yeah. have, they'll have one. So, um, we, we try not to, to, we, we don't want to be a discount brand. Yeah. Right. How, so, how did yeah. you oh, keep going, keep going. And then I'll ask my question. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say that. And, um, and experimenting like when with, we're still, we still have a lot of things we want to do and produce and make. And, um, like this week, we're probably going to release, uh, these new mesh shorts that we've been developing for, um, they're like basketball shirts we've been developing for maybe six to eight months. Um, and so that's an experiment. Like we've never made a short. And, um, uh, so by doing it small batch, we're able to experiment with colorways. You know, we did our first like white hats not too mm -hmm. long ago. And previously that would be something that people would be very hesitant to buy. But now that's being, that's something that's a little bit more like, Hey, if I wear white shoes, I can wear a white hat. You know, like yeah. I'm not going to get it super dirty. Just you have to take care of it. So um, we're experimenting by being able to do also yeah. small batches. Yeah. Mesh shorts. That sounds exciting. Yeah. yeah zippered pockets. They're they're super nice because, you know, mesh shorts stuff always falls out of the pockets. So we want it to yeah. be something that's loungy, uh, but also something you feel good about wearing out. They look cool. Uh, they can maybe match with your your uh, sneakers or your headwear. So, yeah. Awesome. So you're saying if, if I'm getting ready to order my Reflectech full zip hoodie, maybe wait a couple of days so I can also order the shorts with it and get that in a bundle. That's what you're saying, right? Yep, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Looking for the large size. I love a good hoodie. I need to replenish my hoodies. And I'm like, hmm, this looks good. One of the other hoodies isn't in stock in large. So I'm like, oh, but I like this one. So 
Pardon the show as it pauses while Amani shops. Exactly. How are you able to partner with the San Diego Padres? So we didn't partner with the Padres. We kind of, uh, we were like a, maybe to some degree, a thorn in their spine. Because it was, or, or I would say it, we were like a doctor that's trying to prescribe medicine to someone that doesn't want to take it. It's like, take this, it's good for you. You should take this. And uh, they, they were, aside from being uh, playing bad baseball for a long time, they also <laughs> were very boring as far as like their identity. And, um, um, you know, my first business partner, Tony, and, and I, uh, we would, we decided to stay here in San Diego and, and build a design studio. And San Diego doesn't have like, especially at that time, like a incredibly robust a creative community like LA or San Francisco, but we're like, with that said, you can do things in San Diego that you can't do in LA or Chicago or New York because it's still being developed here. And so you could come here and do some pretty cool stuff if you look at it that way, uh, that would be very difficult to do in a very saturated big city. So one of the things that we came across was, you know, we cared a lot about San Diego. We were from here, uh, was that, the Padres or we, we had where we met on a lot of stuff like uh, it was sports. We had sports in common. And uh, we said we were going to make a brown West Side Love hat to represent San Diego. And we said, well, why are we making it brown when they're blue? Uh, that's kind of an issue. Like the Padres have this issue. And mm -hmm. so we joked about making a petition to bring back the brown and if anyone would sign it. And that joke turned into something a little bit more serious. We're like, well, instead of just releasing a hat that comes and goes, why don't we do just something a little bit more? And like, we were also doing client work. Um, and so we're like, why don't we flex the, you know, these, these muscles that we got from schooling and marketing and branding and maybe, you know, do something for the community and, and aside from just selling a hat and it comes and goes, whatever, but do something that, actually might make a difference here in the city and so we started bring back the brown and we got all these other businesses on board and we made posters we were doing collaborations and events every month and um what year was that that was 2011 mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we started the the seeds of the campaign started in 2010 and then um you know uh, partners that and bring back the Brown would later become official sponsors of the Padres and they kind of, you know, became insidious. They got into the system and they demanded all the, uh, like, so knock around sunglasses. They requested all the retro days for the Padres. So the team, mm -hmm. the days the team would wear Brown and then they would make 50,000 pairs of Brown sunglasses mm -hmm. and seed those out to fans. And now this thing was becoming like, oh, Brown's kind of cool. You know, like <laughs> the Brown's different. Like there's 10, 13 MLB teams that wear blue, uh, but no one wears Brown. And that's kind of like, we're the Friars. It's kind of quirky. They're Brown and yellow. Like, but you can make that. We believe you can make a modern version of that. And it, you can make it look nice and not super retro -y like the old uniforms. And that mm -hmm. was kind of our, our call is like, we should be proud of the identity we have and we should make it distinct, memorable and embrace that identity and make it quirky. And it represents us here. And so, 
you know, where San Diego's right next to the border. It's one of the most heavily trafficked borders in the world. Mm-hmm. And here we're trying to be uh, the Padres with like wave logos and sailboat like inspired scripts and beachy. And that's like a, a transplant idea of San Diego. That's not San Diego's version of San Diego. Yeah. So we're like, we're the Padres. We're not the sailboats. We're not the Shamus. We're the Padres. And like, they should look like that and embrace that identity. And um, so that was bring back the Brown. That was the call to action. And how was that? That was featured in Sports Illustrated. How, what was that story about? So at the time, the editor of Sports Illustrated was from San Diego. And, Mm. uh, and we got more, initially we got more love or support from national sports writers than San Diego news and, and sports writers. Wow. So, so constantly in like uniform ranking, San Diego was like last and people yeah. kept starting to say like, Hey, there's this campaign. Cause we really mobilized on Twitter. We got all the blog hardest. So I'm not compared to the bloggers and the people that we networked with and made alliances with. I'm not a fan. Like those guys are super fans. They watch spring training. They know the minor league system. They know everyone's like saber metrics, like they're, they're <laughs> hardcore bad. and yeah. win or lose. Like, mind you, the Padres played bad baseball for a long time and they are there day in and day out. So we're like, we need these guys on our side. And they were on our side. They were like, yeah, they need to be brown and gold. And so, um, uh, so basically like national sports writers started talking about it and they started following us on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, Major Garrett, CBS White House correspondent was following us on Twitter. He's from San Diego. So like Mm -hmm. there's people from San Diego that were like, yeah, this, this is what it should be. And uh, uh, Lee Jenkins from Sports Illustrated reached out to us one day and was like, dude, yeah, they should be brown and gold. (laughs) Uh, I want to write an interview. I want to write a story about the Padres and their uniforms and where they're at. And, you know, can we interview you? And I was like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) What I love love about like bring back the Brown doesn't happen without your ability to build community, right? West side love doesn't happen without your ability to build community. And I think your passion for community building is really the thing that weaves in and out of your business. So can you talk about that? You know, talk about what other businesses can do or some examples of things you've done to build community. Cause I I think that's what a lot of people in their businesses are missing right now. People will be like, I don't have any time, but you do it so flawlessly. So just talk about your ability to build community and advice you have for other business owners and community building. Uh, You got to get out there, you know, like you have to get out there and you have to tell a story. You have to put yourself out there and um, as uncomfortable as it is, you know, like uh, as awkward as it, as it is, you know, even doing this or doing a YouTube or, you know, it's like, oh, this is hard. I don't want to do it. But, you know, what I tell people is uh, what I told myself is that, well, if it's bad, no one's going to watch it. So it's like, fine, <laughs> like it, it's, no big de- it's no big deal. Just do it. And uh um what's the worst that can happen in that regard so uh you have to go out there you have to um tell a story you have to connect with people and you have to think about there's like an old proverb about planting uh trees or planting seeds that you'll you'll never see 
uh, type of thing. Uh, you'll mm -hmm. never use that shade, but it's for pat paint it forward type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, really kind of bring back the brown was that for us. We we're like, well, we'll at the very least, we'll be able to tell a good story to the next generation that make and make San Diego like saying like, yeah, we stayed here. We did something here. We didn't go to L.A. We didn't go to New York. We didn't go to London, whatever. We did something here. We built here, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I think looking at things from that perspective uh, is a good thing. And speaking of Milton Glacier, there's this um, there's this thing that he signed. I forgot what it was called. Uh, first things first, I think it was. It was like a manifesto for designers to look at uh, outside of just doing commercial work for for clients and stuff. But what else can you do for society with your skill set mm. uh, outside of just doing commercial work? So um, I, I that was really compelling to me and uh, bring back the brown and some things like that have been uh, a, a lighthearted way to kind of flex your like the political kind of like organizing that I have in me yeah. without being political. Um, and so trying to find common ground in things uh, uh, and not alienate people, yeah. but try to find like, hey, where do we meet up, you know, and then yeah. build bridges there. And I think long term, long term building bridges like that is just as radical as going face to face with someone and uh, arguing with them. Ah. Powerful. Jordan for president. I agree. <laughs> there we go. Dean, LeBase, Dean says the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago, the next best time is today. So he concurs okay. with your thought process mm -hmm. there. So well okay. done there. Amen. Yeah. We're to the point of the show where we want to flip the script. So we're going to let both of you ask myself a question and then Mandy a question in any order, any question, nothing is off limits. So who do you want to ask a question for first? And we'll We'll start with that. <laughs> uh, I think I'll, I'll, I'll direct this one to Mandy. Awesome. Um, if you and Scoot were to have a business together, <laughs> what would it be? She said, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. You know, it's a funny question. Scoot and I actually tried to have a business together like 13 years ago or so. It was, Scoot is very, Scoot, by the way, listeners, our watchers, Scoots, Scooters, my husband, Scooter Graziano. Um, he's he's a, he's very talented in tech and finance. He's built programs over and over again. And obviously I'm really big in sales. So I was doing a lot of business coaching for these private event venues many years ago. And I come from the private event space. And they're, um, what they were lacking at that time, not anymore, was a, a really good CRM, right? A customer um, uh a system to, to track sales and to follow up. Yeah. And so he actually built a pretty, I asked him, I was a super user and I asked him to build one and he built one for one of my clients. One of my clients invested in it and it was, it was a great product. It worked for this small business. Um, and I, and I loved it, but like, we were not great business partners together. We are great life partners, but you know, as you've seen, like we're, but we were not good business partners. Like I have, an absurd sense of urgency about everything. And Scoot is very methodical. And, and Scoot has a very rigid way he thinks certain things should be done where I'm very open-minded. So like we were not good business partners and I would never ever do business with him ever. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to stay married, I would never, I, I'm good at the business of marriage with him. We are great yin and yang, but I would never do business with him again. <laughs> 
but we had to learn that, right? We had to try it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we tried it because we, we both did a good job at what we did and the customer was happy. But after we got through the first part of that, I'm like, we, we can never do this ever again. <laughs> now we can talk about business with each other and he gives great business advice and vice versa, but mm-hmm. I would never go into business with him. That was a great question. And thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, all right who's next i'm next now yeah like, so amani uh i i from what i understand you you play uh soccer once a week mm-hmm. i do yeah so i presume you have a favorite uh fo- football club that you follow yes yes what, what liverpool liverpool, oh. liverpool. Yeah. my man yeah yes oh, there we go. yes 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 from way back in the day till now through all the ups and downs uh, yes, liverpool sir. yeah i got the jerseys back there yeah right awesome. on me too so all right cool Good. now uh, the next question i have and i'll start with tori is like for the younger people who are in the audience that are looking to maybe start their own fashion brand what advice would you give them Well, that's a good question. Um, I think, well, something I learned from Jordan is you have to have perseverance. There's going to be ups and downs and you kind of have to enjoy the ride of that too. I think that's part of it is just enjoy the ride. You're going to be learning as you go. So you have to be open to um, just going for it. <laughs> she says she got that from me, but in so many ways, the last couple of years, I've been a wreck. I've been just like a nervous wreck and she's like, it's going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 We have, yeah. We, we kind of at the similar times I'm, I'm up here and he's, we, yeah. yeah. Ebb and flow type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I think that would be, uh, yeah, to just enjoy the process of learning and growing and just, if you feel passionate about it to put in the time and the work you have to love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then let's let's go back to when you're just about to finish school. My 21 year old question, mm-hmm. and I'll, we'll stay with you first, Tori, and then go to Jordan. Like, and based on everything you've experienced to this date, oh. knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 21 year old self? Oh. Uh. Huh. Move to Seattle sooner. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I said move to San Diego sooner. No, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, I would say that. Yeah. That would have saved me a lot of heartache. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it's similar to what I said before, so just enjoy the ride. I've, like, I would not have thought that I'd end up where I am right now. Um, I was on, like, a, I'm trying to be an artist and... Like I was doing scenic design for a while and I tried a bunch of different careers. And um, I think through all of that, just like take what you can learn as you go and just enjoy the ride. I, that's the best, that's the that's, best yeah. thing I could think I could tell myself is to not stress so much in the moment. Like I was always trying to accomplish that next thing and looking so far ahead that I couldn't enjoy where I was. I was just always looking, I was looking at all the faults of where I was and not appreciating what I had accomplished at that moment. I still do that. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> I, have to, I have to tell myself that now too, but I would definitely tell my 20 year old, 21 year old self the same thing. Yeah. Yep. And Jordan, what about uh, you? Uh, pretty similar. I, I would, I would say, um, send it, just go for it. Um, you know, 
and it seems like every every phase of my life, like I think about this that, oh, I got through that, and it's no big deal now, mm, yeah. type of thing. And so, um, I, I'd say get out of your own way, and mm. um, and just focus on the big picture, and just go. Just don't think, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just uh, just produce, and and get 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 your message out there mm -hmm. get shine your light just kind of don't overthink it okay nice maybe i'll let you kind of close it up with our final question what do you got for us i i just have a question about your website cuz it's just it's so well done so can you just talk about how you decided to tell the the story yeah. On your website, the way the timeline is laid out in the boxes and that the the format of it, I think is is really interesting. So, were there multiple iterations to get there? Or did you have a vision of how you would tell the whole West Side Love brand story? Yeah, I think Tori and I spoke about that, and you know, I I, I would pass, we'd pass, go back and forth on it. Um, but I think it was one of those things that, especially at the time, I wasn't really filming and talking on camera about stuff. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of do YouTube stuff and reels wasn't really a thing yet. TikTok, Um, but I wanted, I, I knew the story is important. Uh, storytelling is, I think sometimes people still underappreciate storytelling and, and, yeah. and even selling themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day, he, he put his new portfolio site up and he's like, check it out. And let me know if you have feedback. Yeah. And immediately I was like, homepage and about page. You're hiding the picture of you, your your hat, your you have a hat, you have glasses on, your head's down, and you're up, you don't really talk about yourself. Like I wanna I wanna I wanna hear about you. I wanna know about you. You make great work, but at the end of the day, do you wanna reach out to this person and say hi? Mm. You know, and I think at every key point, at every touch point. And what we're trying to build is uh, it, we think about disarming people and like uh, feel, letting them feel welcome and like they mm. can approach us and ask us a question or, you know, I think that's incredibly important. I think so that storytelling was was key to that is how do we tell people the timeline of this? Because it, it, it's been a long burn. It's been, mm -hmm. it's been a long time. And some people are like, I just found about, out about you guys. And I'm like, well. We've been doing it for a long time on some mm -hmm. level, kind of through ebbs and flows and hiatuses and stuff. But um, I think telling that trajectory for us, we didn't just come out of the gate like and blow up or something. So we had this this a lot of people have been involved in where we're at today. And and I think it's important to kind of also pay tribute to those that, that those people in that time. Well, you do such a good job out of it. It's so succinct if you. Go to the website. It's is it on the about us tab? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's such it's a good read. It's a quick read, but it, it taught me a lot about your brand too. So thanks for putting it together that way. Yeah, I know. I mean, we have I, I've been going to this masterminds with like a couple other friends that are business owners uh every few months starting this year. And and uh it's been great because we we one week we went through everyone's website where we we're all breaking everyone's websites down and like, oh, that's cool. Hey, you know, your, your navigation isn't intuitive. Like it needs to be this or that, or you, what's on your, the homepage when you first land on the screen, like, is it engaging? What if you scroll up a little bit? What's the next thing under that? 
you know, does that match your TikTok or your Instagram? Like, oh, you're, we're missing you. You're not in here. Like, so having that conversation with, with other people has been invaluable too. Yeah. And I think that, I think the takeaways on that are ask for feedback, accept Mm -hmm. feedback, and audit your work, man. Uh, and, and share yeah. the whole story, not just the good stuff or the recent stuff. Like, And I want to do more on that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, and sometimes I get still get in my own way. Like, I, I don't want to talk necessarily about that. I'm like, oh, people don't want to hear about, you know, the tribulation. But I think it's also interesting uh, if you can get it in there somehow. Totally. Nice. I agree. Awesome. Well, Jordan and Tori, thank you very much for joining us on our special one-year anniversary show. We love your story, particularly the 15 years. That stuck with me. The 15 years really has stuck with me. So I just appreciate Aww. the resilience. Aww. Excellent out there. Yes, round of applause. Um, I'm going to wait until the shorts come out before I place my order because I'm ready to place my order now. Fall is coming. <laughs> I'm going to wait. I signed up for the mailing list. If you go to the website, make sure you sign up for the mailing list. I think you go to the bottom, right? Navigate to the bottom. Yeah, it should be. there should be a tab there. Uh, also, our Instagram, there's a link in the bio to, to subscribe to the yeah. newsletter. And awesome. thanks so much for taking time. We know how busy you are. We knew you had other yes. launch. Thank you. It's just awesome to Thanks see for you. having yeah, us. It was fun Seriously. to tell our story. Yeah, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> awesome. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Keep telling your story. We'll give you a round of applause. And, you know, we'll come visit when I'm in San Diego. I'm in L.A. So we'll see you we come visit. And I'm just round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Really appreciate yeah. it. Thank right. you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Adventures in Business. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast on the platform that you're currently listening it on. And don't forget to share it with your friends and anybody that might be as much of the business nerds as Amani and I are. See you next time for another captivating interview.